Daily DVR is sponsored by our presenting sponsor, Cufflinks.com, the men's accessories marketplace. Cufflinks.com aims to drive men to one place where they can find all the accessories they could want to elevate their look each day. Go to Cufflinks.com slash DVR today. Use code DVR20 and save 20% off your order. No minimum. 2020, baby. It's a new year, and every month, Cufflinks has new amazing products, whether it's Star Wars, Marvel, DC, Disney, all that great stuff, or the sports stuff, NCAA, NBA, NFL, or, of course, the classic wearable art, the amazing high-quality Hook and Albert Oxen Bull, and, of course, their own Cufflinks.com brand. We encourage you to elevate your look when you get dressed in the morning. It helps to make you feel more confident and create your individual style. Go to Cufflinks.com slash DVR today. You can get paid for your love. Welcome back to Daily DVR Does Better Call Saul. My name is Axel, and my co-host, of course, is Ashea. Ashea, how you doing? I'm doing great. I can't believe how close we are to the end of the season. Three more episodes. I know. It's flying by. And uh, speaking of that, there was a, I don't know, it was like an Instagram message or something that I think Peter Gould put out. He was like, if you're the type of person who waits to watch the season, watch it all before these next three episodes because you're going to want to watch them. Oh. And I was like, oh, okay. That's what does that mean? Yeah, what does that mean? I don't huh. know. Maybe it was, uh, with, any, with this show, yeah. it, it always seems ominous. So, <laughs> yeah, huh. Well, we'll find out, I guess, uh, soon enough. Wow. Huh. Yeah. Uh, but of course, today we're going to be diving into Better Call Saul season five, episode seven, JMM. Uh, you can find out more about us at DVR Podcast. You can also become a patron, patreon.com slash DVR. Also, check out Ashea on Twitter at Marinese Not and at historyofwesteros.com and patreon.com slash historyofwesteros. Let's get right into it. This was one heck of an episode. Um, Man, I don't know. They keep on just throwing the punches and the emotions. And this one just picked up right where we left off last episode, where we're wondering why Kim wants to get married. And uh, we start out with them getting married, <laughs> right? Yeah, I mean, it starts with Kim giving off this sort of tense vibe, right? Yeah. She's tapping her feet. But overall, the scene is very lighthearted, I think, uh, versus, you know, how concerned we are about this decision. It's comical, really, the scene is. It is. It is. And I love what they start out with, which is those little shots you're describing, like yeah. touching a ring, tapping a foot. And then when yeah, we see I them... Oh, right when Jimmy touches his ring, he has such you know just rough, uh, like unkempt hands. Versus Kim is just so well put together. You know, oh, there's just a lot that. I can read into his hands in particular in terms of him being you know that kind of person and you know growing up rougher. Really, <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. Isn't getting manic? He is not getting manicures from. Um, that nail salon <laughs> clearly 
<laughs> needs a manicure. It was great shots too from like underneath that kind of uh, I wrought iron or whatever that is table where you mm-hmm. can kind of see them. And they played a lot with separate shots and then framing them centered like perfectly in like a two shot both when they're sitting outside and then when they go, when they have the first scene where they're inside the office getting the actual license and there's a great shot of both their licenses and then an over, like a behind shot and then an overhead shot of both of them and the certificate. And it's so much of like coupling them, you know what I mean? Like putting them perfectly together. Um, Mm -hmm. But you're right. The feeling was weird because coming off of what happened there with Kevin and Paige and all them, and then we're just, they keep on saying like, he's saying to Huel, no, this is just for legal reasons, you know? But yeah, but yeah, you can see Jimmy feels weird about it. Yeah. It's not passionate. Yeah, he says this. I, I'm sure this isn't what you imagined when you were 12. Yeah. Although, uh, real quick, I, uh, it's worth mentioning here. A brief line is that the clerk uh, asks him for his previous two dissolutions, dissolutions, and he provides the papers. So that is proof of his previous two marriages. Yep. We knew from Breaking Bad that he was married three times. And so Kim is his third wife. Yep. They got, they, they got, they picked up on that one. I noticed that too. I also noticed that he is eight years older than her. Yeah. I noticed that as well. And man, is Kim tiny? She's 120 pounds. (laughs) Tiny little woman. (laughs) This, I always tell my wife, people, actors are, and actresses are always way smaller than Mm -hmm. you think they are. You know, they're always like Tom Cruise is like five foot tall. That's how tall he is. <laughs> yeah, he's a great example. <laughs> you know, they're all little dudes. Well, it's better for shooting too. Like you know, keep them yeah. on, a, keep them on the same plane there. Get them in the, get them in the shot. Um, yeah, but the, like the whole thing when Huel is like, "Hey, I can go kind of steal a ring from you," and he's all nervous, and she, and you know, they're the, and the, the the conversation that they have outside where she says to him, um, okay, if you feel like you're going to lie or you don't want to tell me something, then that's when you tell me, Jimmy, right? And he's like, okay, so if I feel, I'm going to tell you. But this is supposed to be illegal, right? Like it keeps on crossing the lines between their emotions and this legal reason they're doing it. And I think it clues into what we were talking about last episode, which is that this is also just as much for Kim to feel security in a situation that's spinning out of control. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, I I think it's interesting that, in the in the actual act of the ceremony, you can really see how moved Kim is, kind of happy with this. Whereas Jimmy just kind of looks almost sick to his stomach in some parts of it, like kind of aware of how he's going to disappoint her, and she's hopeful. I think. Yeah, it's really strange because mm-hmm. it is not what it seems to be. They are in love with each other. And they're really getting married. And yeah. 
they you can't like fake it they're up there and doing the thing but they're also pretending like it's just for the legal re- oh you know in case he get which by the way then for the rest of the episode never comes up right like when kim meets with Howard, when uh, not Howard, when she meets with uh rich and kevin and page they don't they're they're not talking about you know implicating him or anything so there was not this urgent need to do this that she knew of that she knew of she didn't know how it would go i suppose but i think also she can just tell that jimmy might do other shady things and they're together so i can't help but read into it sometimes the you know what we were talking about which is that kim also you know gets something out of all this deep down you know that she gets this little vicarious thrill this this feeling when he does something like this and that's why she's putting up with it that's why she's sticking with it yeah that's true she does she gets off on it and it is that normal right like we were talking about she is trying to achieve that same that spiral is what is where she finds kind of her foundation and she's attracted to him and she's just really as self-destructive as he is, you know? And I think when we look back at things like the car accident and stuff like that, you see that it manifests in a different way. Um, But regardless, it's still self-destructive. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wanted to mention that Kim doesn't have a middle name and the judge thinks it's weird. Just little details like that that the writers throw in. I just think that's a funny detail. <laughs> that was a She doesn't have a little name. A middle name is odd. Uh, and to make a whole joke about it. I don't know. I loved it. Just that little thing. <laughs> I thought it was. It was. Fu- I wonder if that was like the actor or that was written as part of it. But that was a that was a funny little thing. And yeah, I, there's. Like I said there's a bunch of comical things like that, and Huel taking the pictures and dressed all sharp compared yeah. to. Them. And that was his. That's his wife that he's standing next to, Huel. I don't know. I think that's just a person they got. Oh, okay, I just read somewhere. Oh, okay. I thought that some, maybe then someone mistook that because I think that someone was saying that he had once mentioned Mrs. Huell or something, and then they were just kind of finally not really introducing her, but she's just there with him. I've but, never heard of Mrs. Mrs. Huell. Me neither. Bab- Babineau, that's his last name <laughs> there. But it's possible, but she looked older than him and... I, she seemed just completely like they just dragged her into it, oh, like okay. the vibe she had. All right, you know. So that was not like a little because uh, there were there are some callbacks in this episode. Yeah, there are coming yeah. up. There definitely are. Um, but uh, kind of can. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. I was just gonna say I didn't have much else to say about this wedding scene. Yeah, I was just yeah, I was just saying kind of continuing. We get two scenes here of them being kind of on Jimmy and Kim of them being intimate and really nice to each other. And this episode it's, they come back this, the first one is, you know, they come back after um, because once they leave there, 
they don't like, he's like, can we have some breakfast or something? She's like, I got to get to work, but I'll come home early. And then we see them come home early. And I think this is the one where they start taking their clothes off, right? Uh, yeah, they uh, originally Jimmy, you know, he just tries to blow past the how are you? How was your day? And he's like, oh, I got married. And you can tell he's having that conflict in him, right? And I wasn't sure if he really was going to tell her after or if he wouldn't end up telling her that he just tells her in the middle of it all. Um, what I effectively thought was just going to kill the mood, you know, like that. I thought that's what, how it was going to go, that she was going to be very upset. She, as it turns out, she is still into it. Um, so there's more here to be said, but I was shocked that Kim still wanted to continue having sex to say the least. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think it kind of goes along with, She's on some denial trip or just mm-hmm. convincing herself that if she just like the working and the accident, if she just keeps on pushing through, right? And if she's Kimmy with the ponytail and just charging ahead with the power suit, right? Getting it done, she's going to fix this and it's going to work. And mm-hmm. even when he, I mean, he's sitting there saying to her, look, I could get in with the cartel. I mean, like. Yeah, he's trying to spin it and like kind of subtly gauge her approval, but it's really transparent, right? I mean, it's ridiculous how transparent that how excited by it he is. And she is, but you don't really want to be with the, you don't want to be a friend of the cartel, do you? Oh, no, 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 I don't, you know, that. But I it couldn't even happen. It couldn't even happen. Yeah, it's really it, it's just as weird. It's so well written and acted the subtleties because I mean this is true. I mean in life people do this, right? People have freaking do it their whole lives. Tell themselves a story instead of see what reality is and in this situation that's exactly what she's doing. She's not I mean she should just say uh, she could have just turned and be like, "Oh my god, who am I with?" this is what you want. Like you are Saul. Like, what am I doing? Jimmy's gone, you know, and then just get up and leave, but she's not going to do that. And I thought it was actually really, um, I was surprised that he admitted it because he agreed earlier, right? He was going to do it. And then you could tell, you know, after what happens, he wants to bring it up to her and then he does it. And I was kind of proud of him in a sense And I think that he actually needed Kim to tell him no, you know, Mm -hmm. and make a big deal of it. But she didn't. Yeah. And he wouldn't have worked as hard. It wouldn't have even been possible for him to really do this if he hadn't been pushed both ways, obviously. Um, It would have actually, the point would have been moot. It couldn't have happened. Right. So. We wouldn't have ever found out if Jimmy would have done it. And we still can't fa- can't find out if Jimmy would have done it because he was forced to do it, right? Mm-hmm. I think that's interesting that we just don't know really where he was there. But I'm suspicious of Kim here. I have to say, there's. I mean, you could say that, her, you know, she was she was still interested because him telling her, you know, forged even more connection between them and trust and... That's why she wanted to continue. But you could also say that, you know, the danger, the risk of it all, you know, she does like it. Yep. 
No, I, I definitely, yeah, I definitely think so. I, I mean, and I think and that, both, I guess, really, it's both. It yeah. does. It's not one or the other necessarily. True, and I, yeah, and in, and intrigued too, maybe by, yeah, just excited by it and see how. And yeah. I think she also there's something about the way she loves watching him work. She kind of wants mm-hmm. to hear what happens and what he does. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like. Wants wants him to come back to the apartment and say, "Oh, I did this and this happened." Like, I wonder as we progress if he's going to continue and bring it up again. I but, feel like, I mean, he has to tell her why that he was forced to do this, right? I mean, if he does it, she'll find out. It, it seems like. He can say, hey, look, I, these other people contacted me. I had two people on both sides forcing me. I, he has an out here. I, I don't know. I don't know how I think that'll go. Yeah. I hope it's not the thing that gets uh, that gets Kim in trouble or, you know, because we all fear a, a further downfall for her mm-hmm. being involved with Jimmy. So I hope that they don't try to run a scam to get him out of this or something. I would prefer actually that he kept lying to her, honestly, <laughs> you know, yeah. I probably prefer yeah, her betterment. very possible, but I, I feel like she's got to be somewhat dialed in or tuned into what he's doing at work. You know, what his cases are just through people talking about it. I mean, if he gets this guy out on bail and he doesn't show back up, she'll find out True. probably. Yeah, that's true. That's true. There's another quick scene where um, another kind of cute scene between them where they're talking about, I think this is just before Mike comes over, where they're talking about houses that they might buy and, oh, only a two and a half car garage. And <laughs> and uh, I just want to point it out. It's not, you know, it's just a quick one, but it I they really did a great job of showing how after they got married, they really were both really happy, you know, like it did, it did. That's the way they kind of reacted to it. Even with, even though it's a terrible idea and it's probably going to lead to tragedy um, and maybe her job in some way too, who knows? I think that it's just interesting that they chose this kind of trifecta of scenes where they're, they're more intimate. They're kissing, right? Like even that, yeah. in that scene, they kiss each other goodbye, which they don't normally they're kissing, do. They're having sex. Yeah. They're, uh, they're for making a new home together. You know, they're really getting married, but just all these, you know, very romantic things. Yeah. That's, it's nice to see them that way, but we know it's a fantasy. <laughs> True. Yeah. So uh, now we have some Kim scenes. Um, yeah, we got a, a nice bit of her, you know, having some success, <laughs> really. Some, a powerful moment for Kim where she gets to monologue and go off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this was good. And she basically, you know, you could tell things weren't going well in this little meeting with, with Rich and Kevin and Paige. But then she marches back in and takes over. And that's the thing that got her the job in the first place, right? Like she knows that Kevin loves that shit. Mm-hmm. Yes. Whereas before Rich had her just kind of tiptoeing, delicately talking, you know, and after she went off on Kevin, Rich is still like, I, I don't know about this, you know, 
he's uncomfortable with it all, but Kim knew the right way to get at Kevin. Plus she really needed to, to just plain get that off her chest. Right. Mm-hmm. Like and she was right. He was ignoring the, them. He was declining every single turn, every single time. <laughs> yeah. And it took balls to say that. And, um, it really kind of re it's funny that was so up in the air, right? Like we're worried about her job, the relationship with rich walk, the fight in public. And really with that one kind of power move, she reset it back to where it was. And even rich at when he's walking out, he's like, Oh, okay, we'll, we'll call you Thursday, you know? <laughs> and he's back kind of in his position and Kim is in the power position. And when you look at it like that, and then you kind of compare it to Jimmy Saul and what he's doing. You can see in the same kind of way where she has that talent too, right? She can mm-hmm. read a situation and manipulate it and take it over. And it's kind of, you know, it's, it's a gift in a way. Yeah, I think it definitely is a gift and it can be used, uh, Poorly or well, I suppose. I mean, for bad or for good, really. Uh, And Kim generally uses it for good. But uh, they both... I don't know how to... Like, Jimmy... I don't know. I think Jimmy isn't as good at it because his temper gets the best of him. So, like, I think Kim, because she has more control, she's better, really. True. but But because of that temper... He's willing to take bigger risks. Yeah. Right. And that's what I think intrigues her too. Yeah. Like they're similar like that. And she's uh, in a way, I wouldn't say jealous, but l- like l- it really respects or wants to be like him in that respect. Yeah, he in inspires this- her a little bit, right? Yeah. 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 It goes both ways. Mm-hmm. Definitely goes both ways. Yeah, he wants to be a better person because of her. Yeah, without a doubt. And I just did want to mention this scene. The lighting was fantastic. I mean, the shadows and the way that they shoot them on that kind of walkway out of the office and just the feeling that that gives where it's kind like when you shoot in a place like that, it, it communicates that you're in a transition, right? Like you're not in a room, you're in a transitional space. And then for her to take that action and decide to walk back and they just keep the camera there. Just another example of great camera work. And actually I forgot, I think it was two episodes ago. We talked about it after the show that it was a first time director, a person who had come up as like a PA and made his way up. And this is also a woman who made her way through I th- I don't know if she I think she started in Better Call Saul and this is her first directing job too. So I think it's really awesome that you've got like the best show on TV and they're not going out and getting, you know, uh, as they have even on Breaking Bad, you know, Ryan Johnson yeah. and stuff, but they're like promoting from within to people who they know and giving them actually their first imagine your first job directing ever is an episode of better call Saul. That's pretty crazy. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So kudos to them. That's, this is just a great production. So moving on to Mike, he's back with Kaylee. Tiny tiny scene alone with him, right? (laughs) It was meaningful though. 
Yeah. It was a good scene. Um, he's reading the little prince and, um, just being nice. Mike again, I, I was waiting for him to be like, shut the fuck up. The prince. <laughs> uh-huh. But no, he talks a little bit about Maddie yeah. even. And then, you know, she asks what changed and he, you know, kind of just says, I decided to play the cards I was dealt. So it, ends on this dark note despite how nice and sweet the whole scene was because i mean stacy doesn't really know what he meant but we sure do (laughs) yeah yeah that's true um i I thought i thought that this was uh this was it was sad in a way you know but also you knew it kind of had to go this way and seeing the trip that Mike went on uh, in Mexico and kind of the growth here, we, you know, this kind of what we, like Gus said, they, they realize they're like-minded men, you know, and this is who Mike is. So decide to play the cards he was dealt. That makes total sense. And that makes sense along with Mike's character. And then to just kind of tell her, I thought it was the sweet part for me was when he said, I'm okay now. Mm, you know, yeah. like he had been like when she said something's wrong with you, it's like he had been a little sick or so. I don't know. It reminded yeah, me of like I'm better now. Yeah. yeah. I'm better now. Like <clears throat> it reminded me of like, um, you know what? Like Victorian times, people would always be like, they had a spell. right and you don't know what that meant they had a nervous breakdown they were sick something was wrong right yes but i thought that was just kind of interesting it was like it was very almost like western or old school the way he was just kind of like i'm better now but Mm -hmm. um yeah mike but we're gonna see mike again so what are we moving on to talk about kind of lalo gus nacho yeah, you know, uh, the, finally a good bit of all of this. We move forward, right? Um, Lala was a big feature of it, despite him being in, in jail the whole episode uh, and kind of not interacting with people. Yeah, we started out. Should I say Jorge de Guzman? Or <laughs> hey, right. well, with the call from. Uh, from Nacho, you got a new client that was just after that he got married um, to Jimmy and uh, Jorge Guzman. And for a second, I thought to myself, wait, is that his real name? And then I was like, oh, no, I no. <laughs> I thought the same thing. Yeah. I was like, wait, he was a Salamanca by blood. What, what's going <laughs> on here? Yeah, because for a second, I thought like maybe – it's like, okay, he became part of the family. So they call him Lalo Salomon, right? But he's not mm-hmm. really in their family. No, but His real name is Eduardo. So I was like, I, what is this? And then I was like, oh, of course. They have like a fake name for him. And I was like, is Lalo not in the country legally then? And this guy is. But how do they prove this? I, I don't know. He, Lalo says that, you know, he basically says it's airtight. He's like, no, they won't find out. Which I don't know how he can be so sure. That was interesting to me, right? And his confidence makes me feel like there may be, I mean, it is the cartel and maybe there's some sort of, maybe they're paying somebody off and he just has to get to, once he's at, I mean, I I figure he just wants bail so he can turn tail and, and go back to Mexico, right? 
Yeah, I mean, you would think that that might be. I, it makes sense to me that that's what he's going to do, but he has some period of time to do what he like. Let's say I, I don't. I think if he's let out on bail, he still has like I think they said maybe like six weeks to yeah. trial or some number like that. That still gives him over a month to stick around and wreak havoc. That's true. That's true. But it just gave me a sense the way he was so sure. And I mean, he's a confident guy. I mean, like, you know, he was acting like that when Nacho was doing his Spider-Man routine, right? He was just kind of having fun with it, mm-hmm. even though cops were there and everything. Um, I, I still felt that there was a bit of that kind of cartel thing like, hey, you know, this I have other ways that I can take care of things. And he's just kind of using Jimmy because he can. Well, one of the ways he was going to take care of things was just that it's really easy to get a phone in there. And so he can still make decisions and calls and just kind of run things from jail. um, So long as he has someone reliable and he thinks he does with Nacho. Yeah. Well, yeah. But of course he's, he doesn't. Um, But no, he's really confident that Jim, even though he hears there'll be no bail, he's really confident that he'll get out on bail. (laughs) Jimmy's like, I, I don't know what I'm supposed to do, which is also why when he goes to Kim, he's like, I, it, it can't even happen. It's impossible. Because um, at that point, it really is. Yeah. Um, it's great, too. And where we this is where we get the episode titled JMM. That was nice in this in the kind of first jailhouse scene when Jimmy says, that's my motto, justice matters most. And then it ends with Lalo saying... Just make money. <laughs> Just get me out. Yep. And that's where uh, Jimmy Saul will end up. Yeah. It's seductive. You can see the seduction of of being that cartel getting into this. That That is really, you know, that's what you're saying. Like Jimmy is forced into it, but this is why yeah. he got into this world. Yeah, he did get into it because he wanted to make money. Yeah, so I mean, not, Lalo is hitting him right where uh, you know, right where he wants him, and it's true. So, um, so yeah, you like you mentioned, Lalo has a has a phone. Gets that was a cool little scene. Gets a little phone call, and mm-hmm. he's calling Nacho. Taking a little break from this show to remind you again of our amazing presenting sponsor, Cufflinks.com. They've been with us for over a year. And we're so proud to have them. So go out and support them. If you're a listener to any of our podcasts, take a moment right now, type in Cufflinks.com slash DVR into that old web browser and you will arrive and you will be amazed, happy surprised at the amazing products that cufflinks.com has you might think to yourself hey i don't have an informal event coming up you know i'm not into cufflinks but guess what they have a lot more than that actually i'm wearing a pair of star wars socks that they sent me cufflinks.com is where it's at go to cufflinks.com slash dvr today hey everybody i've got an exciting announcement our very own Heat Sentazo, a.k.a. Heat Solo, who you know is a great actor, has been writing a screenplay and is now producing his first feature film, The Star City Murders. A team of detectives are tracking down a serial killer, but his methods are like nothing law enforcement has ever seen. It's a race against time before more victims are claimed. <laughs> 
the Star City Murders. You can be a big part of this project and become a backer. Just go to cefilms.com for all the information on the film and how to donate, or go to kickstarter.com and search the Star City Murders. And also, if you look in the show notes or at dvrpodcast.com, all the links are there for you. There are many great rewards for donating, including a tier where you get an exclusive behind-the-scene podcast hosted by me, Axel Foley. That's right. Let's help get Solo make this movie, all right? Go out there and donate $5, $10, whatever you can give. Let's make sure that Solo gets this done. And also, all the Patreon funds coming to DVR Podcast are going to this kickstarter because we believe in solo this is going to be an awesome movie and we want to be a part of it so head on over to ce films today the star city murders baby let's find the killer and uh we get we don't find out right away either you know what he's ordering nacho to do they they give us a little little wait and that's not until we see the scene with um uh nacho and mike mm-hmm. this was this was a great <clears throat> in my it was very short but obviously nacho was like oh he's out of the picture let's talk about my dad blah 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 and then mike's like wait wait what's going on with lalo he contacted you and nacho explains what lalo wants which is for nacho to burn down one of the uh poyos hermanos right and Mike has just such a great line where he's like, well, he's not out of the picture then, is he? Yeah, that was, that was very daddy-like. <laughs> that was a fantastic line. Great moment. Uh, but yeah, then, they have, then we have to deal with, well, do they burn one down? Uh, clearly, Lalo is not dealt with. So what do they do from here? Like, Gus, their plan didn't work. I don't really know. I don't really know what they expected when they got him got him arrested. Did they not think he was going to be able to get out or that he wouldn't be able to control things? I mean, it's a reasonable gamble, right? That he that he that their plan would work. Yeah. Um, really, it doesn't seem like a sure thing. Maybe Gus just figured that if it got to that point, you know, Lalo would, you know, just heal and and stop. He doesn't know who he's dealing with, mm-hmm. but it seems like Gus would know. I mean, he's a Salamanca. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, it it does seem like Gus. I mean, and, and as we see later uh, with the meet with Madrigal and Peter and Lydia, Gus is not in as powerful a position as we think he is. You know, yeah, he yes. just he, he's just trying to figure it out. I, I think notable is that, right, um, once Jimmy does, like, this is jumping to later, but once Jimmy convinces the judge, right, to allow bail, it's set at $7 million cash. Lalo just has it easily, which, sidebar, that is very suspicious slash confirmation to <laughs> uh, the law. I feel like that you are up to some shady things. Yeah. But anyways, he's able to just get the $7 million e- million easily, but... Meanwhile, uh, Gus, Peter, is is freaking out over 4.8 million euros. Like, we need the money, it's missing, all that, which just shows what a small fish Gus is compared to the cartel. Yeah, that's a great point. 
That's a great point. I mean, I think that there's a little exchange rate difference, though I don't know what it would have been back then. Yeah, I don't know what it was back <laughs> then, but here it's still under $7 million. Yeah. U.S. dollars, 4.8, yeah. less than $7 million. But again, I don't know what it was then. But why? I find it comparable, and Lalo is not concerned at all, and they're extremely concerned. True. That's totally true. And I think, yeah, that goes to show. I think Gus is – because he really is – you think about his position and really going back to Breaking Bad and thinking about all the weird uh, uh, positions that Walter got into where he was – you know, you thought he was going to end up dead. That is the position that Gus is in. He just doesn't act like that, Right. He's got all that pressure on him. He is trying to break away. He's trying to basically screw over the cartel. And he he doesn't even really have the power of Madrigal behind him. We see what he really does is have the power of this one guy, you know? So it's not, it's, it's, it's really a lot weaker of a position than Lalo has. Yeah, so. I, it definitely is. It definitely is. Even with Lalo uh, in jail still. Yeah. Um, I wanted to mention in this scene with Nacho and Mike, when Nacho mentions his dad, that really surprised me that he mentions that his dad keeps on mentioning the cops, right? He yeah. says, whatever direction I go with my dad, it always ends up with the cops. And then Mike is like, yeah, that's not, we're not going to talk about, you know, not, we don't want the cops involved. And I yeah, was he's like, that won't work. That's not going to solve your situation. Exactly. Yeah. And Nacho was really talking about, he's like, I want out. And when he first said, I want out, I thought he just meant, I want out of this arrangement. But he's saying, I want out for, uh, for good, out of the cartel, out of this life. Yeah. You know? Just and, get, I mean, that's what I've been saying is yep. that I think that's what Nacho will get. I think he will get that. I think that he's going to be able to pick up and he's going to leave. I hope so. Just like his painting on his wall that he's going to drive his his car off into the distance. Zoom, zoom. (laughs) I really hope so because it it made me worried. Like he shouldn't be saying that to Mike. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it could be foreshadowing that his father will end up trying. Like it could be his father that kind of blows up Nacho's position and makes it so that Nacho has to run, leave his father behind. You know, his father could go and narc on nacho and then nacho leaves but uh he's not necessarily in the cartel and gus might not necessarily be searching for him at that point if he's useless yeah well i i think either way on the run, i don't know yeah either way with now mike deciding to you know play the cards he was dealt those cards could include taking out nacho and his dad and it was not smart for Nacho to say that, but it shows how Nacho really isn't for this life. You know what I'm saying? Like he's mm-hmm. becoming way too vulnerable to Mike and that puts him in a dangerous position. You can see the desperation. He keeps on wanting to talk about his dad. Um, before we go ahead to the destruction, this of really sad destruction of the restaurant, I did want to again mention the location here. Wow. I mean, if you're going to find a parking lot for some criminals to meet in, 
find one that's overgrown the concrete, you know, the background was like a more decaying buildings with their car. They're just so many beautiful shots. And the, the time that they take to find these locations is amazing. Cause it could just be like on top of a building or something, you know, and that's mm-hmm. what most shows do. But this had, there was a character to just the way the concrete was cracked and the, and, and the tree, like the grass was growing up that spoke to Nacho's position, you know, Nothing and how, where it was coming from. With Nacho though, with that, uh, that, uh, window building. Yeah. Me, I like that, but it's another example where we've seen these meetups in these beautiful, you know, desolate locations. Yep. Yeah, they're 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 fantastic. Uh, then we get the uh, we get the destruction. Uh, I guess you know Mike gives. Uh, you see, he kind of just leaves the conversation with Nacho, and he's calling Gus, and Gus decides to go ahead, and he and Nacho I, I take it out. <laughs> What's that? Weren't you? Were you surprised like me that they did it together, Nacho and Gus? Completely. Yeah, it's, just, it's like I imagine. I would love to just hear any conversation that they had like okay you're gonna do this and i'm gonna do like, he had to get instructions nacho was instructed clearly to just like wreak st- sheer destruction everywhere while gus you know very carefully sets up this method of blowing it all up so they talked it over <laughs> yeah they did but we don't get to see that. And that's like the best part of it, that it just starts. Right? <laughs> it just starts. I really want to see just uh, what their dynamic is at this point. Very much. Probably just Gus telling him exactly what to do. I want you to spray on the wall as though you're vandalizing it. But even that would be riveting just to see <laughs> Nacho's like reactions to this and reaction to how Gus, uh, how, how emotionless he was about this all. Did but you, we see the action of it all. <laughs> yeah. Did you notice that when Gus was taking the fryer apart to set it up, he picked up the, the fryer basket and looked at it like when he, was, when he was having the kid clean it, like he looked at it and gave it a little nod and then he put <laughs> it down and then he kept on carefully doing. And um, I, I guess I read, you know, some people are like, would this actually blow up a place like that? And uh, I think it would, right? Like with, okay. it makes sense. Breaking Bad, you know, had this has not been relevant in Better Call Saul, obviously, which is why I say this. But Breaking Bad was good with that in general. Yeah, rooting things in science, in rea- you know, not just making up some fake stuff. Well, I think also when they show Nacho like ripping things off, I think at, at and maybe at some point too, I think. Gus did the fryer, but he also put the gas on. So yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah. So it's just well, you know, that's more stuff to ignite. It'll spread. I wonder if it's to make it not seem like arson. They want to make it seem like it. They someone really like came in and messed things up. It seemed like Gus was covering his tracks a bit there. It makes you wonder, though, is that. Is he somehow, how will Gus turn this, right? Because it's not like Gus would just say, okay, I'm going to blow this up. He would more so say, okay, if I'm going to blow it up, 
I can also use this incident to my advantage in some other situation. Yeah, I mean, he could um, approach, you know, the Salamancas, the cartel, and say, hey, I know you guys did this, make it up to me, etc., potentially. Um, I don't know a lot of other ways I see him spinning this to his advantage other than giving him reason to escalate or de-escalate. Yeah. Well, I guess we'll see. It seems I, I do think it's funny to see Gus walking away from a, a situation like this, a blowing up building. It makes me think of a certain scene <laughs> in Breaking Bad. <laughs> and they did kind of, you know, later when they have that amazing shot with Jimmy looking around the corner and the oh, mirror yeah. of his face, right? Like that the Jimmy shot. and the Saul. That was amazing. Um, Incredible. It made me think back to what you're saying, and I I didn't look. I should have looked again. Um, if in the mirror or something, if they like bifurcate his face, or if they cut it off a little bit, you know, to kind of give that little bit of a wink, wink there, um, mm. that would have been kind of cool. I don't know if they did that, but it was sad though, right? He looked so sad. Gus? Yeah, I think he was yeah. really like, I mean, because I just imagine yeah. all the he care. He, yeah. Yeah. I, <laughs> he really does care about it. I mean, not, I mean, we saw him with, you know, how particular he is and with the cleaning and just that you can imagine, you know, this is also a symbol of starting the restaurant, you know? And mm -hmm. what he's built and also what the Salamancas took away from him, it's really, yeah. it's very meaningful. It is. You're right. I mean, Los Poyos Hermanos, the Chicken Brothers, they took away, you know, him being part of the Chicken Brothers. They took away his lover. So, yeah, yeah that is very true. Very true. And now they take away my restaurant. Mm. This is not going to end well for Lalo. <laughs> No, um, I suppose we could get into the other Gus stuff right now um, because we were talking about how methodical he is. Uh, we see that, right, uh, when he goes back to his room when he's visiting Magical. But, geez, just every step is so controlled. It really made me think about how not methodical I am because, like, he's carefully taking off his shoes. And I'm like, I just toss them off. <laughs> like, just, just how just – how, with every movement, I'm just like, I am just the most ungraceful person. I'm just tossing my arms about. I can't imagine. That is funny because um, one of the things I can't stand is when they show a hotel room and there's like shit thrown. I am very like, I am, I can, I really do identify with Gus in that sense, I'm very like OCD you come in particular. And hang, you come in and hang up your clothes. Yep. I, out I, of the and everything. Wow. I, well, I usually, I don't know if I hang them all, but I, I put them the way I want them. I keep everything in a certain area. Like I, I'll say like, this is where my keys go. And so I know where they are the whole time I'm here. My shoes mm -hmm. go here. My bag goes like, I'm very particular if you walked into like a hotel room I was in like five minutes after, you'd be like, have you been here? Like everything yeah. is like, I'll move the furniture around. Like I'm, I'm, I am very much like that. So I can kind of understand that 
and kind of feel that like even with the cleaning thing too, how these little tasks really are working off a different sort of energy, you know, and that restraint that he has belays something underneath it, which, you know, we've seen at certain points and this, um, him giving his little speech too is a part of that too. He's so rehearsed and, but it's perfect. You know, like we have been selling this many percent and now yeah. we have the new spicy curly fries, spicy yeah, curls. curls. Yes. He, he says, it. and he has samples. Yeah. <laughs> and this was just great to see Peter again. Um, and the way that they explain this because my memory, and it's been a while since I've rewatched Breaking Bad, but my memory is that we really only know Peter from the guy who kills himself in the bathroom. We see mm-hmm. him nervous, but we never really learn the extent to the relationship he has with Gus. We just know about Madrigal and Lydia in Breaking Bad, and this to me just to be introduced to Peter and when they're doing the curly fry thing. And it's so similar to the whole, um, what is it? The raunch or what that weird dressing and the, and the, um, the, the chicken nuggets from breaking yeah. bad. You remember that? Uh, kind of vaguely, not that well. I mean, yeah, blocked- was- oh, that sounds gross. It was the same, <laughs> but it was the same thing. In Breaking Bad, we were introduced. It's a scene starts out, and they're introducing their new nuggets and their new sauce. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I remember this now. Yeah, I do. Yeah, so it's really kind of cool the way they're doing, like, foreshadowing from the future. You know what I mean? I mean, the whole way that this is a prequel is weird, but I thought that was amazing. Yeah, Peter was interesting because, yeah, he was clearly – I mean, he's – so anxious and nervous about it all about that 4.8 million euros they've you know taken out all that but like he also just seems like he's maybe on drugs or Mm. something's wrong with him like you you hear lydia when she's trying to like relax him she's like we're gonna go to the rodeo tomorrow peter like talking to him in a way that you would talk to a child you know what i mean totally i'm so glad you brought that up because when we see this meeting, um, Gus is immediately seeming to be surprised that Lydia is there. And he's mm-hmm. expecting, in my mind, a more intimate. I think that there may even have been a relationship between them, maybe hmm. sexually. Yeah. Maybe it was never expressed sexually. Maybe it was just a love that they had. But it seemed to me that. It was like Gus was sensing that he was no longer the caretaker kind of of Peter, that Lydia had taken over that role. Hmm. That is interesting. He might have also just been sensing like, oh, Peter now needs a caretaker. He didn't before. Mm. What's going on here? That is a great point. You're absolutely right. We don't know what happened before. And um, I do want to bring up, I did a little research uh, by simply Googling um santiago chile germans and (laughs) found out that during the pinochet regime there was a town let me see i had it in my notes here there was a town called colonia 
Dignitad. And it it became a, a center of a lot of torture and bad shit that went down during uh, Pinochet's regime uh, that I don't know too much about, but I know enough to know that there was a, like a lot of disappeared people, tortured, right? It was terrible. But this town was actually inhabited by a lot of Germans and that like an ex-Nazi kind of brought a bunch of Germans over there that yeah. were like kind of hippie-ish. It was maybe cultish. So I'm yeah, one- of I know there were a lot of uh, Germans, ex-Nazis yeah. that went to South America, period. That, that is, I had a friend who was, mom was Argentinian and she did not hesitate. I said, oh, you're Ar- from Argentina, you look very German. She goes, yes, my father was probably a Nazi. <laughs> I was like, okay, no. uh, we don't need to talk about that. Um, she was a great person. Um, yeah, but, uh, yeah. I I think that maybe there's Gus mentions. I'll never forget in Santiago, you stood up for us, right? You can be that man mm-hmm. again. There's a mm-hmm. story there, and I think it yeah. has to do with that. Oh yeah, yeah. I was thinking that it had to do with the drug connect connections that they had with you know the cartel, something to do with that. I don't know. I don't think so. I, I'm. I think. I don't know how. Like we saw. I don't. I don't know how young Gus was when he got involved in all that. True. True. And I, think they, it was, I, you know, I don't think they were involved in it until after. You know his, his lover. I can't remember his name until after he. You know, gotten into the chicken. So that you know they were adults. You know, probably in their mid. 20s early yeah. 30s yep I yeah guess. you're absolutely i i agree i think that gus had a whole life before that and i think that peter was a part of that life and then mm-hmm. gus got into the cartel and then when he, when everything went down with max right dedicatio yeah, max, uh, max yeah. he um brought his relationship with Peter, Peter had now become some guy in Madrigal. And then he had a source of money to fund mm. his breakout from the cartel. And yeah. the Salamancas. Mm-hmm. I think that makes sense to me. Um, whether we'll ever find out about that, probably not, but it's interesting to speculate. Yeah, it is. And I don't know. It's possible. I would love to see some more Gus flashbacks. Yeah. And oh, it would make sense. That probably wouldn't have both of them. It seems like they'd be a lot younger. <laughs> yeah, true. Unless they want to do like a de-aging, but that didn't work out too well in the Irishman. Um, yeah. <laughs> that's terrible. Um, but it, it makes sense also, though. It's a It's kind of an insight into Gus's personality and where perhaps – this kind of bloodlust or comfortability with violence comes from if he was in some way involved either on either side of it, right? Um, during like uh, this time in Chile. So that's really mm-hmm. interesting because G- Gus is Chilean. Mm-hmm. Um, that was said in the show. So yeah, he is. That's interesting. Um, all right. So I think, I think we're just, we have the, well, we didn't want to go to a little bit more of the Lalo yes. stuff, that yeah. court scene. Indeed. 
that this was great. And I, I was trying to figure out who those people were behind them. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, oh, is this them? And he's like, yeah. Okay. They look really white. <laughs> but before this, Mike shows up and he just provides Jimmy, right? With all the evidence yeah. that Mike used that he's now repurposed to get him out. Like what a hassle, what a task that Gus gave Mike. It's just, uh, I, it, makes me think of you know in an office where someone gives you a task or something and you complete all this tedious work say and then you just like it's like you have to go back through and then scrub all the work you just did i wonder why um you know gus explains and it was interesting in the conversation that peter knows all about lalo he knows all about the construction right like yeah gus is totally telling him everything um, yeah, it shows their trust. It show, I mean, it also shows that he, you know, believes that when you, uh, you know, the the people in power should share their information. It shouldn't be secretive, I suppose. Yeah, and and also how tight they are, right? Like, mm-hmm. um, but uh, oh, what was I going to say? Um, oh man, I lost my train of thought. He tells oh, him about everything that's going on. I can't remember. I totally (laughs) this episode got, it was a good point too, that I was trying to make about, um, Oh, he says to him, I can't kill him on this side of the border. Yeah. If they know it, then there it's going to be a war. So it makes me think, did the conversation, what was it that, pushes him to take Lalo out of get, get this bail granted and get him out of jail. Is it the result of burning down his restaurant? Is it the result of this conversation he has and the, and, and the sense of insecurity he gets from Peter? What, you know what I'm trying to figure out what, what benefit is there to pull him out now? I think he realized that uh, it makes me think that his plan was that Lalo would get deported. It makes me think that now he realizes, oh, well, that's not going to happen. We need to get him back out and find another way to get rid of him, to get him across the border. I guess that's, which is what I was saying earlier. Why I was wondering how confident Gus was on how things would turn out with getting Lalo into prison. If he thought he would just be stuck in prison, unable to do anything. If he thought in prison, it would be easier. It would be easy to have him killed or if he thought he'd be deported and out of the picture or easier to be killed. I don't, I don't know. Or if he thought there was some, uh, yeah, I, I don't think he thought he would just get out on, Uh, get out i don't know it it, there's some holes in it for me but my best guess basically is that i think gus was hoping for slash thought he would be deported Hmm. that makes sense that makes sense to me and that makes sense too why there's such an emphasis on him having a different name and saying to jimmy it's don't worry about that yeah this is airtight um yeah it could i mean it was just an oversight on gus's part it was a gamble they were like well maybe he'll you know they'll deport him that makes total sense to me i like that yeah and um 
Jimmy plays into it too. And I love that he mentions to the cops about Dave Clark. You know who I'm talking about. Yeah. He's thinking <laughs> that little seed, you know. <laughs> Uh, it is it's yeah, such a swallow a whole fake family yeah. you know he does a good job yeah it's re- it really is it, you know it always is that scam with him it's never just one move you always have to have like the little setup of taking him off guard first you know mm-hmm. yeah um, he has all this evidence yeah. you know that mike's given him but that's not necessarily enough it has to you know be played up the right way yeah and um, there's a great moment here, and you have it in your notes here, where yeah. – Oh, you want to go – you want to talk about it? Uh, you can go ahead if you want to, but yeah, it is a meaningful moment. Yeah, where Jimmy, like you say, disassociates where he's looking at the Whelan guy, who, the guy who got killed, his family that Lalo killed. And Lalo looks over at him too, and it's disgusting the way he just kind of like looks. You know, It makes you feel – and they kind of close up on the brother. But Jimmy is, you can tell, like, he is on a precipice. He's like this, he knows what he's doing here. And based on the conversation he had with Kim, and, and he's trying to be this new person, kind of, and got married that day. And it's just so confusing. And you, it's just all so too much for him. And you get that kind of like, wah, 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 you know? And yeah, he really is yeah. just totally out of it. Um, but he snaps back and he's Saul. Yeah. I mean, I think it, it shows that he really didn't actually want to do this. You know, maybe if he hadn't been pushed to do it, he might have done it. I, we don't know, but he's just forced to do it. He really is. He doesn't have an option here <laughs> already. He's barely into this criminal, you know, lawyer life. And already he is just pushed on by all sides. Yeah. You know, I don't know. I don't know if I, I don't know how much I believe that because he's shown a propensity. And like we said, a gift to get himself out of the craziest situations. And it's just like the, it's, it's like his in previous, previous seasons to this show, we'd get moments like this and he would turn to good sometimes, right? He would, he try to make it better or he try to find a middle ground. But when he snaps back here, it's like, maybe it is just being pushed too much, but he put himself in that situation, you know? Yeah. He put himself in that situation and conceivably there could be a way that he could, you know, finesse things so that both sides be like, well, you tried your best and failed um on lalo's side he really didn't give him any help on how to do anything he doesn't know about what gus is doing so he could you'd think he could convince lalo but i also think they're gonna you know have a lot less patience for him and they'd just be like well you failed you die but on gus's side mike knows what he gave him he'd have to be like you really messed up if you know you didn't do this so and i think jimmy probably knows that he has all he has everything he needs to to get this to happen. He doesn't really have an out. You know, you are right about that. You're right. He 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 is pushed by both. I mean, but again, I don't know that he's still like even, let's say none of this had happened. I I still think it's entirely possible that Jimmy would have still 
gone through with this and tried to get him off because you know he was tempted by it all <laughs> we, just, we can't we can't say but i think it's it's perfectly possible just to win too right yeah just to win um but yeah we had already talked about um that he gets the bail set to seven million and lalo's like yeah. i can do that yeah, and it's cash and jimmy has to pick it up yeah. though he's gotta be he's gotta be uh the bag man i love it which is a name of a future episodes. I think it's the name of the next episode, Bagman. I That's love it Jimmy. because it shows how he just gets sucked in, and I and it's so classic kind of gangster story, right? Like not only you, know, you, you got to get that, it. I, I couldn't hear what you said. Actually, I, it probably oh. is fine on your end, but it cut out on my end. Oh, so. okay. I'm sorry. I was just saying. Um, it was kind of like classic gangster stuff, like. Not only do you have, not only is it, can I get this seven million, but now you're on a journey to go get it. And it's just like sucking him further into this underworld. You know, it never ends. And, it, you know, it goes to show, like he said, was saying with Kim, he does want to be a friend of the cartel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. All right. Well, let's end it with this absolutely. I don't know if you want to call it horrifying, emotional, crazy, but fun and hilarious. Hilarious. Yeah. I mean, so much going on with uh yeah, surprise ending with Howie and we get that yeah, great I was shot. Surprised. It just it was, I was not surprised was not expecting at all after everything that happened for us to cut to Howard, you know, coming at Jimmy and he, we wondered, you know, throughout these episodes, right, if Howard knew that it was jimmy and he did in fact know about it all and i my guess is that what makes sense is that howard just has security cameras of course he would i mean even i guess even though it's a while ago i feel like as a lawyer in that nice neighborhood it's maybe it's not of course but it's a good explanation right yeah i mean security cameras and also i think he just knows jimmy yeah, I still think with the bowling ball thing, it's a it's a leap. It's a jump for him to make. But even if, let's say, he was suspicious, like, maybe this was Jimmy, at the point that, that like, sex worker prank at the, at the lunch went down, he has to, that clinches things yeah. if he was suspicious. And if he straight up knew already, then obviously it's him, too. Yeah. I, I feel really bad for Howard, especially because Jimmy is just kind of trying to gaslight him, like... Mm-hmm. Chuck was gaslit and calling him unhinged and bringing up Chuck explicitly, right? And saying Howard killed his brother, which is exactly what Howard was feeling bad and guilty about. It's just it's heart-wrenching all there. Ugh. Yeah. No, it's incredibly shitty, terrible, mean. Um, it uncalled for. It has nothing to do with why he's upset, which probably has a lot more to do with just needing to be loved by Howard, right? And needing to try to come to terms with the things he did to his brother, blaming Howard for his death and it just total bullshit. And this was really sad to watch. Um it's yeah. you know it's him breaking bad, and I think that's why yeah. that shot was absolutely amazing. Uh, with the, the one mirror, Andy. Oh, the mirror, yes. Yeah, because that's like right the Jimmy and the Saul, and mm-hmm. 
He makes his choice. Mm-hmm. He also goes full on Dennis Reynolds from Always Sunny in Philadelphia, Golden God level rant. And I just want to read part of it. I won't yell it like Jimmy, but just because I had to write it down. It's a bacterium. I travel in worlds you can't even imagine. You can't conceive of what I'm capable of. I'm so far beyond you. I'm like a god in human clothing. Lightning bolts shoot out from my fingers. <laughs> like he yells all of this, and that's like the last thing he says is the lightning bolts thing. And he's just left standing there. Uh, you know, it's kind of like it all deflates out of him suddenly. But I went from heart wrench to like just cracking up, you know, at the ridiculous things he was saying to like again deflating like Jimmy did. Yeah. And. The shot was absolutely perfect. He he's going off, and you see the people behind him. And then when the when he ends and the camera turns, he's just standing there in front of the metal detectors with two security guards. <laughs> like, it's so <laughs> pathetic. No one, no one got involved. They're like yeah. this guy's really yelling, but the security guards didn't get involved too. <laughs> it's because they. It's just like pathetic. Like you're yelling this yeah. at like a public like a courthouse, like the shittiest place. No one wants to be there. Right. Like the cops don't want you're, you're a golden God. And it, rem- it reminded me of the, um, from breaking bad, the Walter white, I am the one who knocks, you know? Yeah, yes. It's definitely his moment uh, of that. I think for sure. It also from this season gave me shades of Kim, you know, racing after Rich down the hallway, you know, mm. yelling at him, getting in a fight in a public place. And Jimmy, you know, let his anger get the better of him there, too, in a much worse way, a much more public place. Um, all, all that less uh, the opposite of righteously, et cetera. But regardless, they're letting out their emotions a bit. Yeah, that's a fantastic insight there. You're absolutely right. Those scenes really mirror each other and show where both of them are at. And this was really this was really sad. And you forget, you know, I feel like rewatching the series after this season is over and because I just remember, you know, like I was saying before, he there's so many times where he made the choice to try to be better, right? To not be slipping Jimmy. And now he just really has fully, because of the situations he's in, how deep it's gotten, he's full on Saul. And this this scene is like the cap to it. It was really pathetic. Um, and it was just, I was, I was really kind of shocked by it. Cause yeah, the episode just takes a dip, you know, Lalo gets it. And I thought when Lalo turned to him and said, you got to pick it up. I thought that was the end of the episode. Yeah, me too. Exactly. And that's why I was like, surprise Howard. <laughs> it just really, they really sock you with it. Just another fantastic episode. We're definitely going into territory here where he, as we talked about kind of preview in the season, you know, how does he get, so in, in, entrenched with the cartel and with this life and we're seeing it. And um, I don't know. I just keep on thinking and keep on hoping 
with the uh, revelation of Kim being from Nebraska and Jean that, you know, she doesn't end up dead or end up embroiled with the cartel side of his life. And instead both her and Nacho, you know, maybe they'll just ride off together in that red car. <laughs> now that would be very surprising. Yeah. With his but dad no, in the backseat. I, I think she's going to get away. I don't think she'll die. I'm I still standing so. there. I won't, I won't be able to say whether I was right or wrong until uh, the next season comes out. But, well, maybe, I, maybe I'll be – hopefully I won't discover that I'm wrong at the end of this season. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's hope not. But um, we will be back next week. Is there anything else you want to chat about this episode? Um. No. Well – uh, one more thing, which is that if anyone knows of a supercut of all the Saul scenes from Breaking Bad, I think that would be great to watch at this point. That's all. Ooh, I'll look for that. Maybe, probably someone has had to have done that on the you YouTube. Think so. like, yeah, it can't have been that much material, all of, all of his scenes together. You don't need the context if you've seen Breaking Bad. You know. Yeah. Um, there is one thing that I wanted to mention. Uh, which is just to go back to Lydia because I was so happy to see her again. I had forgotten that she was in season three of Better Call Saul, like in a quick scene with Gus. Um, yeah, she was. Yes. Um, but I love her character and I thought it was hilarious the way she was like, he's making decisions in jail. How can that be? Yeah. How can that be? How can yeah. that be? She's like, can't you? Shank or shiv him or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, she's like, I've heard of Shank and Shiv. I, I absolutely, I love, I really love her a lot. I think she's, she was great in Breaking Bad, and she's great here too. But I also just, just did want to mention that in that scene, there's a really weird shot, and I think it communicated a lot. Where they have the whole conversation. He, Gus talks to Peter and gives him kind of like, you can be that man again. You know, you can do it. I believe in you. You know, you will do it. And then it just cuts. And it's like Gus is in is like blurry, right? He's out of focus. And you see Lydia pour three champagne glasses and you can just see like the distaste on Gus's face that he's kind of being blurred out he's being unfocused from peter and lydia is in charge and in the same respect they end the episode so much of this season has been people coming out of focus stepping into focus and they end the episode by jimmy giving him rant his rant and then he steps out of focus after he does it. And I just think it's really interesting the way they've been playing with that, like people revealing themselves, people hiding themselves. And I just thought that those little shots, just some of the beautiful stuff that I pick up watching the show. Yeah. It's a stunning, stunning show. No, man. I, I, I say, you know, if there's one thing that would get me out of retirement of doing film and editing stuff, would be if uh, they just let me go on the set there for like one or a couple episodes. That is like, that's got to, I think of like two master crews is the crew that did the shield, which was later hired by like four other films. They were like, uh, actually the um, flight nine, flight 93, or whatever, you know, like the, the nine uh, 11 movie um, Paul Greengrass just hired all the people of the she the crew of the shield to make that movie because he wanted that camera type of work. 
and I feel the same way about this crew. It's just every episode is a joy. I appreciate talking about it with you every week. And uh, we only got three more episodes left. So thanks, everyone, for listening. We appreciate the downloads. Give us a review if you like. You know, I have never even checked how many people are downloading, but I, a lot of people tell me they love listening to us. So I like to hear that, and I appreciate that. Um, and uh, peace out for today. Peace.